Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who've been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps to help you along your military life journey. Here's your host, Lindsay Litton. This episode is brought to you by Caliber Home Loans. Caliber is committed to educating military families about their VA loan benefits and bringing military families home. Get connected with them online by visiting Caliber at CaliberMilitaryLending.com. Welcome back to another episode of Mill Housing Nation. And I'm super excited because I have a fellow military spouse, fellow military spouse of the year, and friend, Miss Rochelle. I'm going to mispronunciate your last name, and I do it every time. So So I have a good friend that has a similar last name, and it's Fooch. So I always want to say Fooch. So Fooch. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Conquered that one. So Miss... Rochelle, how long have you been a military spouse and how many PCSs? Because I answered, I was like, how did she swing this? (laughs) Yeah, so um, when you get assigned to a group in in the Army with your, in the, you know, Special Forces, you really only get stationed at that area. So we've been very fortunate. My husband and I are both from Washington State. We got married in 2010 and we were at the same base in JBLM, right in our home state. For eight years, and then we just we're coming up on um, our one year anniversary for our first PCS. So we've only had a PCS one time as a family. Man, you, there's just daggers being thrown from all of our <laughs> listeners. That I was, I my uh, previous episode was with Corey Weathers, and she said that they've moved every year and a half. So. <laughs> oh, so the exact opposite, and so it was really hard, you know, when we started, ha- you know, had our family for them this is like their first, I mean, my oldest daughter was still crying today about leaving her friends and family and it's been a year. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome for you guys that you've been able to stay in such a, you know, place for a long time. And then it's also, it's a double-edged sword because then when you do have to move, it's even harder. So yeah, they're not used to it. So it was tough. tough. Yeah. I think we were going back in two years. So it's a three-year tour here and then we go right back. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind that. I'd take that all day long. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to jump into, you know, you obviously are very talented, um, amazing, you know, influence within the military spouse community. And I'm excited to learn more about what you're doing for spouses and exactly how you're serving them. Um, before we do, I want to jump into what do, what do you feel like is the biggest issue that impacts military spouses and families right now? So there's a lot, there's a lot that you're seeing in the news right now when it comes to um, housing. You're seeing a lot with um, transition, with Blue Star Family Survey coming out um, earlier in the year. We're seeing a lot of things about employment. And personally for me, what I think that all ties down to that, um, something that ties them all together is that stress, mm-hmm. the stress that we're dealing with. And I think that's really apparent when you look at some of the surveys that are done and how much we assimilate to this high stress level of military life, right? People are like, hey, it's stressful. This is what it is. And so it's really hard to complain about what you're going through when you look around in every direction, everybody's going through the same thing. So you start to minimize it or get desensitized to it. And so really recognizing that we are under a lot amount of uh, high amount of stress and taking care of that stress. 
Yeah. Well, and I know you've got a lot of ideas and ways that we can deal with that stress um, and your workbook. Um, so I want to highlight your workbook um, and talk more about that. So let's, let's talk about it. So what do you, in the workbook, you talk about her, your workbook obviously is titled her ruck. And um, it's talking about the emotional stress and anxiety. And, and if I'm paraphrasing this wrong, you just interrupt and you just get in there. From <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is about the emotional stress, anxiety that military families face, how they shove that into um, the metaphor is the, the ruck they're carrying on their backs um, and right. that they're taking it no matter where they go. So walk us through that. Like, how did this, how did this evolve? Where did the workbook come from? Um, and what is a workbook doing for military spouses to just start de-packing, de-compartmentalizing some of that worry, stress, anxiety that, that spouses carry on their, on their backs? Absolutely. Um, I'm a dialectical behavior therapist. And so it's DBT. A lot of people might hear it as DBT. And it actually stemmed out of Washington State from Dr. Marsha Linehan. And she created this skill set and this very specific um, uh, rigid type therapy that you do for um, for spouses who have this, or actually for anybody who has this really high emotional reactivity. And so if you look at anybody who's dealing with a lot of stress, we sort of live in that emotion mind, sort of, we can react. If you're not getting enough sleep, then somebody cuts you off. You're mad the entire day versus the days you're feeling great. And you're like, eh, no big deal. And so dealing with, um, you know, the effects of war in our family, uh, I was kind of struggling with exactly my role as a wife, my role as a therapist, kind of trying to separate those things. Because even though in my mind, I could understand what was going on, it was really hard to make all those things applicable in our household. And so I started to write a book. I wrote down, um, so the Haruk inside the emotional backpack military, um, spouses and we're determining whether it's spouses or wives, but it's Haruk. So that may or may not adjust in some small way, but getting, because in the DBT skill set that I work with, there is this, um, reducing your emotional backpack skill. And what it does is it's all about reducing emotional vulnerabilities. And so I thought this is so perfect for this community. And this is a skill set that's evidence-based and it just hasn't reached this far in this community yet. And I saw a huge gap to say, look, let's talk about this because every day you wake up, you have a rock on your back of whatever you're dealing with. So it's long-term vulnerabilities, short-term vulnerabilities, things from your childhood, all the way up to things that are happening five minutes before that. And some people I'm finding are sleeping with that rock on, that their sleep is impaired. They're waking up. They're not able to sleep. And so I just thought, you know, what a better way to contribute to my fellow brothers and sisters than take something that I know and I know well and bring it to them and say, hey, this could help you. That's amazing. And I kind of want to jump into more exploration on how to implement this strategy. Um, this is something that I've personally recently have been diving into a lot because as you mentioned, when you live in a high stress situation, you get into this emotional mind frame. It's hard to get into logical mind frame where your best decision making can happen. Um, and it's really a marriage between the two because we motion to drive decisions or to drive action. But if it's always driving what we're doing, then we're not making um, the best decision always. Um, so putting that into perspective for a military family that's PCSing, what are mm -hmm. some coping mechanisms? Um, what are some things that they can do to even, I know it's even been helpful for myself to even realize like, whoa, 
pause. Let's take a step back. Am I making this decision based on emotion? Um, because I just want to quickly get through it. Or is this the best decision? And do I need to take a breath to analyze and, and come up with a better way of dealing with this? So what are some ways that military families can deal with some of the PCS stress? Well, I love what you're saying about bringing that logical mind and that emotion mind together. We call that wise mind in DBT. So that wise mind decision. So one of the best things that I I think you can do is what, first of all, check the facts, gather the facts and get a clear picture of what's going on. That's going to really help that rational side because when you're placing judgment or you're making assumptions, then you really are in that emotional mindset. And so taking a pause, gathering the facts and getting a clear picture of what exactly is needed in the moment to be effective. And that's one of the things I like to teach too. It's not just about being right. It's how do you be effective in this lifestyle? And then the, the second thing is really separating the things that you need to radically accept that you just can't change no matter what versus the things you do have some control over. And so then you can go into some problem solving skills on how do I change the things that's not okay? How do I pick the neighborhood that I want? How do I gather, you know, where my friends are living or what advice I've heard from other people. And so really separating those two things and saying, look, I, you know, when we moved to Fort Bragg, it's like, look, I have to be at Fort Bragg and I'm leaving all this behind, but what are some positives and what are some things that I can do? And then really focusing on that mindfulness to really make that good decision, you know, based on your emotions and your, and that rationale. So yeah, it's great that I want to live by all my friends. You know, down here, a lot of my friends live up in the Southern Pines, Pinehurst area. And so that would have been really easy for me to just go, I just want to be by my friends, you know, mm-hmm. but not taking the commute for my husband into play, not taking into like our homeschooling community and, you know, the YMCA and some of the activities we do. And so I really had to balance like, what else do I want from a neighborhood and not just what feels great, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love that you framed it like that because I know for a lot of military spouses are making decisions under the gun. Um, you know, the military is great about saying, Hey, you're going here. And then orders come out, you're going somewhere else. <laughs> and you've <laughs> mentally have prepared for going here, but now you're here. And, um, you know, and, and so that's kind of when that emotion mind turns on and you just start getting really anxious and crazy and, and start making you know, irrational decisions. And, and so how does a spouse get out of that mind frame? Like how, what, what is your piece of advice to say, you know, to basically wake up the subconscious and, and break the cycle of just acting, you know, because I know at least for me, sometimes I thought I was in a rational mind frame and it was really emotional mind. <laughs> That's what my wise mind or my, like my emotion mind really comes across as rational. Uh-huh. So I'm very justified. But yeah. if you actually look at the things I'm justifying, they're very emotionally based and they're not based on absolute fact. They're based on my strong opinion. And so really taking a pause. And so there's some really good crisis survival skills. If you're, if you're feeling like you're in crisis and you're like overwhelmed and your emotions are going out of control, the best thing you could do is stop and realize you know, I sort of am in this emotion mind and it's not the best time for me to make a decision right now. How can I step back? And you don't have to take a long vacation from those decisions. Sometimes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes one hour is enough to really pull that rational side. And if I'm a big list maker, Mm -hmm. and so if I can start putting lists down and realizing, well, what does it feel like or what is it actually? And then you can sort of separate those two things and say, okay, what's the, what's the most important? I'm big into pros and cons as well. And so I love the little square and saying, okay, yeah, it feels this will be really good. Or this, but then going and knowing what, what are your long-term goals? What are your long-term goals with this move? Even the, if the PCS is only for a year, what are you hoping to get out of it? 
And what are you wanting to do while you're there? All those things. And having those things in play and say, these are our top three musts. Then it's easier to make decisions off of those musts versus just jumping the gun and feeling like, well, it has to be done today. The movers are coming tomorrow. Oh my goodness. You know, so calmly making that wise decision and finding whatever works for you to make that calmness. Well, I love that you talked about the pros and cons because this is something that I've recently implemented for myself. And even with the business, when it comes to decisions, I'm quick to um, burn it down, rebuild it. Let's do this. Let's do that. And a couple of times, and that's emotional mind frame. And mm-hmm. so uh, when you come into a pros and cons type situation, it's helped me make more logical decisions. And I love that, that you've given us that, that tool set. Um, especially. Absolutely. And a lot of people, when they do their pros and cons, they're looking at that short term gain, but it's a good reminder to remember it's pros and cons lists aren't about the short term gain. It's about what's your long term goals. And so don't make those decisions based on what feels good right now. Oh, I love that. I love that because I think, especially when you're in PCS mode, you're like, and I've done it. I've made some decisions that were difficult where it was like, I'm not even going to deal with this move. I'm just going to go stay with my parents, have fun. This is your career. You move us. Um, and I'm and not, not saying that I did that with my last move or anything. Um, and uh, that had repercussions on my relationship. So learn from, <laughs> so maybe if I would have done a better job of not living in the emotional mind frame, I probably could have jumped into more of a logical decision-making process and realized that my spouse probably needed more support from me than he was letting on. And I choosing to flee was not a good option. <laughs> I, I can feel that when we received orders to go to Fort Bragg and mind you, I've met other spouses that were here and they they loved it. But my husband was here 15 or 16 years ago and it was a different place mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? And so he's like, you better hope we never get stationed there. You are going to hate it. And so when he fell on orders, I was sitting on my hands. I was like so willful about the whole thing. I didn't want to close my mental health practice. I was like, well, it was nice knowing you. See you later. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> but there was a point that it, I, I literally just kept praying on it, praying on it. And a point that said, okay, I need to radically accept that this is what's happening. And I, I created a little bar and I said, what is my full acceptance look like? And what does my resistance look like? What are those behaviors in between? And so putting those resistant behaviors down, which is what I was doing and said, how do I get from zero acceptance to at least a two or a three this week and then moving slowly. And so it was looking ahead, like what school programs are that are out here? What, you know, community do I want to live in and started gathering information and then make, making those goals. I was able to get to full acceptance and it's made all the difference being here. My attitude changed. How much we participate in the community has changed. I was awarded the military spouse of the year. I mean, who would have thought coming to Fort Bragg, kicking and screaming that I would, you know, be so well received and the services here are amazing. I have nothing but positive things to say now. Yeah. What difference that is over a year. Well, and I love that you, that you kind of, that you went through those steps. Um, I know when I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, I lived three years in full denial, like just straight up, like I'm very open about it. Straight up denial, depression. I used to cry when I would drive back to, from the airport to, to Clovis. Didn't want to be there. There was times where I wouldn't leave the house for, you know, a week. 
Um, it was, it was bad. And I think in the end, I finally learned to accept it. And once I did that, I started connecting, making friends, and then it wasn't as terrible. And then when we look back upon it, it was like, wow, I mean, the location was terrible, but the relationships and the friends that I made there, I, they're still my friends. And it was the only station that we went to where I built those relationships. Oh, I, I, that sounds so familiar. I think that is similar to a lot of us because we think these are just, I'm just going to write these years off. It's just wasted time. I'm not going to get involved. I don't want to make friends just to say goodbye again. And I, and you know, I, I definitely felt that. And that was on my lower acceptance things on my scale. I definitely wrote those out there and went, okay, when I'm doing this behavior, it's showing I'm not accepting. Yeah. And and then, and that increases your suffering, right? The more we refuse to accept things we can't control that we need to radically accept, our suffering goes up Yeah. So, the way that it is. And so if you want to suffer less, accept the things you cannot change. Oh, suffer less, accept more. I like it. <laughs> so walk us through, walk us through the book. And if our listeners want to get connected with the book or the resources and you tell us more about how to do that and what you're offering military spouses now. So I have the workbook. The, the actual book is coming out in November. And so that will be amazing. It's on pre-sale. So if anybody wants that, we're going to do some book clubs and some fun, thing, fun things around that. And right now the workshops are starting. I just have done a few workshops. And so if anybody's interested in learning um, sort of the DBT skills and some how it um, applies to military life. So you're going to learn the mindfulness. You're going to learn, learn about wise mind, emotion mind, and rational mind. You're going to learn how to steer into those minds, mm-hmm. um, interpersonal effectiveness and how to be effective and get the things that you want without damaging relationships or putting yourself on the back burner, which is huge for military spouses. I feel like we feel like our self-respect is always set aside. And so I teach skills on how to do that as well. Um, I teach crisis survival. I teach emotion regulation, which is the big aspect of reducing vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And so just message me. I'm really easy to contact. You can find me on Facebook. You can email me to my Gmail, which is just my first and last name at Gmail. So simple and say, bring this workshop here and I will work with you to find a way to get, you know, some sort of location. Um, There's lots of organizations that are willing to pay for them, the workbook materials to get, you know, to pay for that. And so it'd be really exciting to bring, it's an eight hour workshop for the, for the full effect. Um, Or you can do a two hour, just quick workshop, which is what I've done it sometimes. So people want to learn these skills. I'm more than happy to, to bring them. That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely need to connect on bringing your workshop to some of our major military installations, um, because I think you have so many gifts to give to the military spouse community. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. And we're going to have links to everything, your workbook, your workshops. Um, if you want to put it out there, your Gmail in the show notes, um, so that our listeners can get connected with you, because I think it really is about changing your mindset and your perspective sometimes just to get through a tough situation or a tough PCS. Um, even a deployment. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you again. All right. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.